Hello and welcome to e-commerce growth stories. This is your hostess with the mostest, Juliana Jackson, aka the CLV lady. And also I am the chief evangelist for OmniConvert. And this is Valentin Radu, CEO of OmniConvert. Thank you for tuning in today for a new episode of e-commerce growth stories. Do you like snooping around? I know I do. I don't know, did you ever wonder what Sony uses to power their e-commerce business or Coca-Cola or Motorola or other big names in uh, e-commerce and retail? Well, today the secret is going to be revealed and I am talking about Vitex. Vitex is the first and only fully integrated commerce marketplace and OMS solution that offers fastest time to revenue and no upgrades like ever. So, if you're an e-commerce brand and you're looking to find a software that can really become a powerhouse to your business, providing you the best go-to-market speed, flexibility, daily updates and reports, and overall platform stability and agility, you really have to check these guys out. So, make sure you go to visit vtex.com, that's vtex.com, today and give that e-commerce business a boost. Today I'm talking to Billy Balogun. She's the founder of Tri Beauty Box, and uh, she is amazing. So we're gonna talk about how she is winning the subscription model and how she's creating uh, customer relationships, deep customer relationships, with her focus on retention and profits. We're also gonna touch on a very important topic, which is diversity and inclusion in the beauty industry, but also overall in the e-commerce industry. And we're gonna talk about some serious entrepreneurs mental health issues such as uh, the imposter syndrome, such as the challenges that an entrepreneur is facing, especially in our case as women or as minorities. So join in today to understand more about how you can win if you are a female entrepreneur, if you are a person of color, if you're a minority. Let's talk about what are the actual challenges that we're dealing with and how to overcome them to really win at our business. I'm here with Billy Balogun. She's the founder and CEO of Tribe Beauty Box. Thank you for coming today, Billy. Hi. Awesome to have you today. I just, uh, uh, I'm excited to talk about your business model because I see it's growing a lot in the market and I think it's fun. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of people just uh, switch to this uh, subscription type of model in uh, in e-commerce because Especially it's since COVID. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I want to know how are you guys, you know, managing those things. But first things first, this is what I ask everyone coming in the podcast. How did you get into e-commerce? Um, I kind of got into e-commerce by, um, I would say by not luck, but just by comfort. You know, it's. It's, you know, like I'm a millennial. I did, I don't like being in an office with like people, you know, so many energies. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I get to figure something out, do it for myself, work for myself, um, you know, do my own thing. And um, I figured it out. Both my parents are actually entre- entrepreneurs. My dad mm-hmm. has never worked for anyone in his life. So it was kind of natural that I guess I would go down this path. Um, yeah. E-commerce was great. Um, it was pretty accessible for me, you know, with Shopify, the rise of Shopify, eBay, all of those, um, eBay, Etsy, all of these kinds of uh, platforms. And of course, um, just Canada being 
a, a huge space for growth um, within the space, not too saturated, lots of um, space to grow. Um, I decided, you know what, I'll take the bite and here we are today. That's awesome. So you're located in Canada. Canada has been really, really blowing up in e-commerce lately. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I really think that in the podcast that we have, we, this is like the 11th episode. And I think this is the sixth one with uh, a brand and a company from Canada. And you guys have been really killing it there. <laughs> Thank you. So, so how did you go to the subscription model? Did you start it by subscription or you started with one time and then you went to subscription? Tell me yeah, more I, started about with, I started with subscription and then we started having one-time products. So I guess mm -hmm. I did the opposite of what everyone did last year where they already had one-time products and then they moved into a subscription. That's cool. That's cool. So uh, I was reading about, uh, about Tribe and I saw that uh, you're calling it like a channel, right? A direct-to-customer yeah. channel for brands that you guys partner with. So you are basically partnering with brands and you're selling, you know, products yeah. through, uh, throughout, uh, you know, your uh, subscription model. Yeah. yeah, it's a very interesting model because a lot of people don't see the dual sides that subscription boxes have. So to the brands that I work with, we're just another marketing channel. We're just like a Pinterest or like a Facebook ads where um, it's even more, um, sometimes it can be more rewarding for them because we purchase all the products. Well, I purchase all the products that I put in the box. We don't ask any brands for free products. So we make sure that it's ethical, you know, it's fair, and we're making sure that everyone's getting paid always, you know. Um, and then on one on one end, you know, we are the marketing channel. On the other end, we're like a sampling channel for for our subscribers who mm -hmm. want to try new products or curious about new beauty products but don't necessarily want to pay full price for that and i totally relate to that there's nothing more annoying than buying like a really expensive like moisturizer or like lip gloss or whatever um and it just doesn't work like it doesn't look good and then you you know returning things is a hassle you don't want to return it yeah. and if you do know how things work in the beauty space like for example at sephora most times they actually destroy their returns um whether you open it or not so i have that um sensibility to waste and i never want to return things because i know they're just going to destroy it and they're not actually going to resell it which i get it they don't want to get into any troubles you know yeah. um it, let's say someone buys a res resold item and gets an allergic reaction or whatever um so it's just a huge a ton of waste um, and we, we don't like that anymore. You know, the world has moved from, you know, just like a plastic using world at every single, every time you go to the grocery store, you get another plastic bag. Like, thank God we're changing. A bag of bags, right? Every household, in my house, I have a bag of bags. And yeah, I think we all have bags. Bag. Right. Um, so the world is definitely changing. And we, we, the whole point of my vision is to change and evolve with it. Yeah, I, I, I really, really agree. I didn't know Sephora was doing this with the return products. Like, I learned yeah. something today. I had no idea. Yeah, Which they actually do. And the, the worst part is that you even see some pictures on Facebook and stuff. There's some people. There's literally a community of dumpster divers. That's what they're called. So they'll go behind these big um, stores, Sephora, all these. And then, and like, dive into their dumpsters and pick out items. So now what these brands are doing now is, like, pouring like all kinds of like substances so people don't get the it's just so wild it's unnecessary i had no idea about yeah that. it's That's the same nice. thing with food you know like 
like Starbucks and stuff like that. Sorry, <laughs> Starbucks and stuff like that. They don't, um, they don't give donate like their their food at the end of the the day. They have to throw it away, you know, and it it sucks. That's that's yeah. It's uh, it's it's cool. It's uh, I, I I had no I had no uh, no yeah. idea about that. But um, I'm, I'm curious, like, I've seen the beauty industry go, like, through, you know, heights and lows during the pandemics, mostly because, let's be honest, we're all at home. Nobody has the energy to even, like, you know, uh, I, I mean, I'm talking about myself right now. Like this Yeah, myself as well. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's, like, days when I wake up in the morning and I'm like, Damn, ain't nobody trying to look good today. <laughs> you know, like I don't, I'm not trying this to. This is look the first good. time I'm wearing makeup since like mid last week, I think. Same here. I only wear makeup on podcasts, and uh, yeah. but the, the the thing is that we still take care of ourselves. Like we're still gonna use a moisturizer. We're still gonna use uh, yeah. you know, lotion and um, I don't know what uh, hair product and so on. But like, I'm curious, how did you feel the effects of the pandemic? Because in the beginning, the sales were higher. Yeah. But then I thought it was a drop. So where, where yeah, were you? Yeah, absolutely. Where? Yeah. So there's actually um, a factor that I don't know if it's just a general industry term or just something that my friends about my friends and I talk about, but mm -hmm. it's called the honey months during the pandemic. So the honey months is basically when people had a little extra money, whether that's through stimulus, unemployment, or whatever it was that the government was giving. And people yeah. actually use it to purchase things that they didn't need. You know, it's like the government's like, hey, here's $600 for you to pay your rent. And they're like, yep, I'm going to go shop. So the honey months were great. Like we were seeing insane revenue numbers. Um, last June was our highest revenue numbers ever. And it sort of coincided with like stimulus and all of that. And also with all of the political climate that was going on in the US last summer. So people needed something to feel good about. And yeah. everybody knows retail therapy, it actually does work. No matter what anybody says, retail therapy works. So people were purchasing more, but what we were noticing is that people were purchasing more um, self-care items. <clears throat> so we're noticing people were buying our skincare fridges. People were buying more of skincare bundles. People were buying um, tools and things like that, even candles, you know. And I don't know if you or, you know, I'm sure just people in this audience have read, but like um, sales for candles skyrocketed like historical in 2020 because everybody was home you know you wanted to decorate your home you wanted to have something cute something that smells great i've bought so many candles since last year more than i usually would and i also noticed that i was buying more from artisans from small businesses from small merchants yeah. um and that's you know more expensive like i just bought like a 38 dollars candle yesterday in 2019 i wouldn't spend more than 15 dollars on a candle I'm like are you insane that's so expensive but yeah. because there's a feeling of it being a small business wanting to support during a pandemic and also it just being great hand made and poured candles i'm spending more so people think we're not spending more but we are <laughs> we're spending shitloads of money i bought a whole bunch of useless stuff i uh i have i have a sneaker problem so i'm not really going that much anywhere but uh i i don't you know i don't spend that much money on clothes or yeah. whatever but i have very expensive taste when it comes to sneakers so i'm just buying sneakers i'm just like man i'm feeling down today let me go on the and get some Jordans to make myself feel good. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, sneakers are so expensive. They're such a crazy resale market. Um, and, and the problem insane. in Romania, they're like, 
obviously Romania, you won't have the same quality as you would have from the UK. So I have to order from UK to come to Romania. And for these things, yeah. Yeah, because the ones that are here, if you go to the retail shops here, they don't have the same quality of Nike as you would get it in the US or the UK because yeah. it's made for Eastern Europe. And of course, we are not as worthy to the world. <laughs> oh. no it's cool it's cool it's cool but it's i get it and therapy uh with uh purchasing stuff and retail therapy is a very real stuff it's yeah retail therapy is great um it works it really does work and brands have definitely been milking it like i'll be honest like we've used the skincare angle like as a sales tactic like we've done all of that so it works <laughs> no i i agree i actually invested a lot more in skincare products and I have looked for very yeah. good stuff. But also, yeah. yeah, to make yourself feel better because you feel like shit, you're in lockdown, it's it's bad yeah. and you're just trying to make you to comfort yourself. So yeah. what were some struggles that you guys have dealt with in the last year? We work with a lot of beauty brands and I think it was a struggle in a, in a way because a lot of type of, uh, of buyers appeared, like people that purchased for the first time online, people that are new, that are not necessarily yep. computer literate. Yep. So it was crazy, you know, because there was a lot of purchasing, but there was also a high ticket volume in customer support, a lot of phone calls and a lot of issues with, uh, with yeah. consumers. So how did you guys uh, encounter yeah. that? So I'll say the first thing that I noticed directly since the pandemic started is a higher ticket volume in terms of customer service. You know, usually like we have our, our loyal base who know our brand, who know what we're all about, but we had that huge wave of first time buyers, whether they're buying a subscription box for the first time or they're just buying online for the first time. Yeah. We had a funny, not funny enough, disappointingly enough, we had higher um, chargebacks. So people just, you know, kind of taking advantage of the system and being like, okay, I'm going to purchase this. I know, I know I know, I can't afford it, but my bank is going to give me back my money because it's a pandemic. So we had yeah. that. Um, but other than that, we definitely had issues with forecasting inventory because we would have a month where we would send like 500 extra boxes. And then the next month we would send like 200 less. Um, so it was a bit of a struggle, but what we were able to do was just um, diversifying platforms. So we actually got on Amazon subscriptions, which they, which a lot of people don't know. Amazon has a subscription box platform where boxes like myself, other boxes list their stuff on there. And we've been seeing really great growth with that. So that's been able to help us with like inventory levels to the point where Amazon at one point was growing faster in subscription numbers than my own website because we, we shut down ads. So another thing we did was shutting down ads because it was so uncertain. You know, it was so expensive to run ads. It was so noisy. Brands were bidding against each other because the only way they could market to people who were sitting on their phone all day you know, is through these paid ads. Paid ads. It was really, really expensive. So we just had to hone in on um, referral programs, loyalty programs, um, all of these kinds of things. We did a ton of organic reach. Um, email marketing boosted that up and we're still able to hit like, you know, 2020 sales goals. But this year, now that things have kind of like quieted down a bit, um, definitely going to try ads again. They do well for us, but when, like, in, especially in the summer of 2020, it was just so noisy in the ad space. It just didn't make any sense. It's true. And the CPMs have grown like crazy. Yeah, CPMs are insane. Um, it's just so, like, in 20, I, 
at the end of 2019, I think we're, we're spending like $27 to convert a customer. As of like end of summer 2020, I was seeing conversion costs of like 60 something dollars, like more than double. It yeah. was so insane. And I'm like, I can't afford that. You know, it's just, and that's another thing that some brands had to choose to do you know you kind of you either choose profit or you choose growth and in 2020 we chose profit because we didn't know what the year was going to look like and we got to keep our lights on we got to pay the bills so i had to focus on profit i like you brought the great you brought my favorite topic on because um i i i I, this is my favorite topic. i like profit uh yeah no i um I actually talk a lot about customer lifetime value and customer retention. This is what I'm known for besides my shenanigans. Oh, and okay. Yeah. So I want to ask you, because this is, this is actually, you just jumped in my ship right now. Yeah. Of topic. So tell me, how did you guys, uh, and congratulations, first of all, for moving to a profit-focused uh, strategy, because uh, a lot of people in e-commerce confuse actual growth with growth generating factor. So a growth generating factor is the revenue, which yeah. is great, but it's very expensive and is very um, tiring to constantly chase these acquisitions when you're, yeah. you know, you're bleeding customers in the back. Yeah. So <clears throat> you couldn't have done anything better for yourself, especially because the subscription business depends on loyalty and retention mm-hmm. and on customers' relationships. So, how did you um, how did you approach the you know uh, this uh, you know this movement towards retention? How are you how are you you know building relationships with your customers? Yeah. Share some cool stuff with us. Yeah. So one thing we added. Um kind of at the same time, well, like about a few weeks before the pandemic started unrelated is um, customization. So we allow customers to pick one, two items in their box so that they feel like they have a say in what they're getting. They do have a say in what they're getting because we do post spoilers before people get charged. If they don't like this, if they don't like a few spoilers, they can skip, they can cancel, you know, most likely we prefer them to skip. Um, uh, so we started doing customization, which allows people after they get billed to pick between a few items that we offer. And that generally allows them to get things that work for their skin tone. And that's where the inclusivity part comes in. You know, I never want anyone who especially looks like me to get a product that wouldn't work for them. I'm a black founder and there's no way that any of my black customers would ever get a product that does not match them. It's just never going to happen. Um, so add-ons were, um, customization was great. And then on top of that, we added add-ons. So add-ons were lit- have literally transformed our business in the sense that, um, after you get billed, there's a one week window where you get to pick items exclusive to subscribers at a crazy discount. So you can see discounts as, as steep as like 90, 70% off. And the point of that is to help us as a brand increase our um, our average order value per customer you know our box is 34.99 we can't just cap it at that if people are getting five products to try they probably want to get more products already right so we show them items from either past boxes that were really popular and they can just re-up on or we have partnerships with brands and tell them that hey these are add-ons we'll cover your costs but we'll get customers to try these products from you so, for example, this month, our our hero item was a $55 um, uh, eye cream that on our add-ons was nine bucks. So that obviously sold out like within an hour of us putting it on the add-ons. But people are like, this is so incredible. But in reality, that eye cream costs us like $250. So we're making a good amount of profit on the product. Um, 
customers have that perceived value that they're saving over 40 something dollars. And, you know, it's just, it's just a win-win for everyone. So this is something that people I feel like don't really do in e-commerce. It's that post purchase um, strategy. You know, you don't just stop after the customer purchased from you. If they've purchased from you, if they've jumped the loop, of understanding your website that's probably low-key crappy we all have a kind of crappy website <laughs> um well let me just speak for myself <laughs> no, um, no i agree with you i don't know about I, I didn't see nothing i didn't see nothing bad but there's always something on a website yeah there's always something on a website that like that customers speak on you know um they've 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 jumped through those hurdles they've jumped through the hurdles of understanding you as a brand of trusting you as a brand of giving you the credit card information and you want to tell me that after they've purchased from you you're not trying to sell them more that's you're like, insane to me you're like, next time. You're like, it's like money down the drain it's money down the yeah. drain and you were you know and that's where like when you run ads as well that's where your profitability comes in like you can see let's say a hundred dollar product you spend i don't know sixty dollars on facebook acquiring that customer after your cost of goods you're shipping you're probably making i don't know 12 20 at most on the product um and then that's like versus a hundred dollars so you have those post-purchase opportunities where people can you know, buy more and 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 just your your profit margin per customer, average order value increases. And the good thing about our add-ons is that we advertise it as free shipping. It kind of is free shipping because it ships in the customer's box. Um, but we, you know, from, from the weight obviously changes depending on what the customer orders. Um, so it's a great, it's a win-win for everyone, for us, for the brands, for the customers especially. And we always want to make sure that our customers are the biggest winners at the end of the day. Yeah, I like that. Actually, I think it's a really cool strategy because it gives, you know, that uh, sensation of control. You're also getting the element of surprise, but you're also yeah. feeling like you did a good deal. Exactly. Right? So, you know, so those like, three pillars, yeah. Yeah, I like that. And I think for subscription, it makes sense a lot because, uh, I mean, you have to build some sort of, uh, you know, to, 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 it's not only like... Um, the delightfulness and whatever, but it's also like the emotions that you create in people that, you know, and then, I mean, if they're happy with the product after, you cannot have, you know, post-purchase, just be like, you know what, better luck next time. Thank you for yeah. your business. Exactly. Get out of here. Yeah, you want recurring customers. And and yeah. it doesn't only have to, add, the, the concept of add-ons don't only have to work in a subscription. Like for a one-time product, what that would be is like a cross sell, right? Or like a post-purchase yeah. sell. So what we have on our website on certain products let's say someone buys like two eyeshadow palettes well you know there's a there's an app we use that that kind of bundles similar products and like hey since you already bought two here's two more one more for a discount you know it's like if they're already going to buy multiples they might as well get a full bundle yeah 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 that's that's true it's true and this is what i like about subscription versus one time in general it's just that you you can play more on the um, you know, on the experience that you give. And I want to ask you, what's about the unboxing? I, are you, I, I need to, sh you know, I need to order from you guys to see exactly the whole experience, but what is the unboxing experience? Yeah. So um, our boxing experience, like I don't have a box with me. I should have, but we have a, we have a pink box. That's a staple box with like mm -hmm. um, doodles on, on them that we got a designer to do. And it's just very simple. We have pink, um, pink crinkle paper. We have uh, bubble wrap in it and we have the products and we have our insert cart. Um, funny enough, um, there was a time where we um, kind of, what's the word? We kind of um, went down on 
packaging quality because we wanted to send more products. So there was there was a really, really big palette that I was able to get, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if we had put it in the box, first of all, we had printed like <clears throat> 10,000 boxes and I really didn't want to print more boxes so we're like okay what can we do so we printed our box design on bubble bags um, which would be able to fit the big palette and be able to still ship under first class which is what we try to keep it at for cost right because the difference between like first class shipping and priority shipping shipping is like three dollars it's ridiculous um times thousands of customers that's a lot of money and customers still pay the same price in shipping so it didn't make sense for us to ship it in the box we got a few complaints people were like oh i don't like the box i don't like the bag like it doesn't look good but you get bigger products and more products right so sometimes we do that just to give customers more products but for the most part we've always noticed that people like the box so we'll continue doing that yeah, I feel like uh, the unboxing experience is uh, is something that really builds into the customer experience. And it's cool when people it's just feel excitement, it, yeah, and they film it and they post it online. And exactly, people like, exactly. Oh my god! And yeah, it's cool. It's yeah, cool. And, and on our box, like the front, the, on our box, the front facing flap, it has our social media on it. So like, whoever opens it, you know, you okay. check <laughs> once they take a picture. It's like, oh. Try- try beauty box let me go check them out so that's the whole point like people there's yeah. there's such huge real estate in packaging that people don't take advantage of you know same yeah. thing with our inserts and our inserts at the back of it we have a qr code where you can scan it with your phone that takes you to our referral program where you're like hey i just got my box i love it i want to refer a friend because the first thing you think about when you like something is to share it with a friend so immediately we're giving you an opportunity to earn a discount towards your next box and give your friend a discount too so that's the whole um thought psychology behind it yeah and it's real because i mean it's a very when you buy in the beauty industry i think it's a mostly like a very intimate experience and i want to go back to something you said earlier uh you know you know, it's like this when you are, uh, I have issues when I'm, I, I don't really buy cosmetics online, <laughs> mostly because in Romania, you have three colors. You have white, you have semi-white and, and you have man. and brown, but it's like an ugly ass brown. Sorry. Yeah. I'm Sorry. But yeah, <laughs> the audience can, uh, can, you know, forget about my, uh, drop there. So when I buy online, even on Amazon, because I, I buy a lot of product from the US so via Amazon because I don't find it here. And in Sephora here, only the, they barely introduced Fenty by Rihanna, which oh, you can wow. find. Yeah, like they barely, I mean, they are there, but you don't always find what you need. So until I get the foundation, I just give up. Mm. It's very hard. So what, uh, how are you, how are you guys, you know, taking care of this to make people feel comfortable that, uh, you know, yeah. the, uh, <clears throat> the, the colors are going to feed their, uh, their yeah. Well, so first of all, like in our box generally, and most boxes, we don't send complexion products. The most complexion product we would send is like a blush or a bronzer. And we allow people to pick from these two options. Right. Yeah. So this month we had a, we had a gold bronzer or we had like um, a more porcelain type, I'm sorry, a gold highlighter or a more porcelain type highlighter. And yeah. we also swatched these products on both skin tones. So we swatched the porcelain um, products on dark skin tone and the gold one on lighter skin tone. So people see, you know, sometimes, you know, you want like a gold look, even if you're not yeah. like a, a deep, a deep skin tone person. So 
But the first thing that we do above the customization and allowing people to pick their shades is just making people feel included. So that's in the visibility of it. So if you go to our Instagram, you see different skin tones, you know, that's so important. I hate it when like, if I go to a, a brand's Instagram page and I don't see someone who looks like me, I'm not purchasing from me because I don't know what it looks like on me. And that's so important. And same thing for the other flip side, you know, like if you, for example, go on a, on a page that only has, has dark skin tone people, you're probably going to be like, oh, this, how is this going to work on me? How's it going to look on me? We're, we're a visual species. You know, we need to see what it looks like. Um, and yeah. it's such a, it's so weird to me that brands still don't do that. Um, uh, with all that's going, whether it's the economic or political climate, it's so weird to me that brands still choose to be exclusionary. Like you can't exclude people. It's just not possible. Anymore. The reason, and I'm just going to keep it dead as real. The reason why I think this happens is because they don't have black people working in the company and they don't right. have people of all colors working in the company. So they yeah. have no one to be a, an advisor. That's why you see so many, uh, mess ups in the yeah. in, in you know with the what's his name uh not fendi the other guys with gucci you see all these brands that are doing yeah. really messed up stuff yeah for, you know different cultures but you know black people got it the worst and yeah. then you and, and then you check in their uh you know when they look in their organizational chart and of course they don't have no one to advise them exactly, so the exactly. Is they like the black dollar they like the eastern european dollar they like whatever yeah. dollars the hispanic dollars but they are not hiring these people yeah for the most part most brands advertise to minorities without representing minorities and in no way does that make any sense? You know, you can't capitalize off a certain type of people and not include them in the decision-making process. Like, it's it's odd. It um, there, there, there's like this huge brand in the makeup industry, obviously in the beauty industry, obviously will not be disclosing their name. You know, they're like a like a um, like they're like a spa, and they target melanin women, but they don't have any melanin estheticians. It's, yeah. Like it's so weird. House, wait, you know, like you're yeah, like oh. exactly. So it's just, it's just so many full pause. But another thing that we need to be careful about is that people need to realize that outrage, like social outrage, actually is a way for people to monetize. So brands will purposely do these things that will yeah. cause outrage. And you know what they say? No, no, bad PR is still is still PR, right? Yeah. It's still people talking about your brand. It's still someone in the middle of nowhere being like, oh, they were racist. You know what? Let me go support them because I also Yeah, am I'm racist. racist too, you know, like <laughs> you know. <laughs> so exactly. it is what it is. Yeah, it's it's not even like in a way I feel like from how I see it here in Europe is just like a very big ignorance problem. It's like a lot of people are not really aware of what the hell they're doing and yeah. i think they just like i used to work for a company and um i used to work for a brand and customer support that were selling music distribution and um they were always um so for black friday and i have no shame in saying this for black friday they were using someone that was black to promote black friday i was like do you know what black friday represents oh my God, and I stopped it in the last second. And I was like, if you get the voice of reason from a Eastern European like me, 
Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing? You know, like, check the stats. And I stopped it in the last second because a lot of people, like, okay, I get the Black Friday is important in e-commerce, but let's talk about what actually Black Friday was. And yeah. you're using this in the history. Yeah. And, you're, and their market so is primarily up. black, right? Yeah. And that's why, like, there's really important movements. I don't know if you've heard of the pull up or shut up movement. Um, no, no, tell me about it. Well, basically, it's a movement started by the owner of, her name's Sharon. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a Nigerian woman. I'm Nigerian too. And she's the owner of a brand called Uwoma Beauty. And what she did basically is an organization that challenges all brands, not just in beauty, in the beauty industry, to uh, to show their percentage of staff by race. So there you were seeing people, you know, and, and not only that, she was saying that not only like your entire staff, but your executive staff, like yeah. we don't care if 90% of your warehouse workers are black. We want to know how many people who are executive executives yeah. who make decisions are black, Asian, East European, all of that. We want to know what that is because how can you call yourself a global brand how can you call yourself a brand that that sells to everybody but you don't have a single person in your decision making process that represents yeah. you know like we don't care if your warehouse staff is black or asian yeah. or asian it would probably be eastern european because uh, we are being known for being cheap <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, don't, we really don't care about that it's like who are the people who are making decisions yeah. um and that really got brands to you know mobilize and hire hire new people some people were making excuses that you know in their city there was like a low percentage of asian people or there's a low percentage of this but how can you say that we all work from home now it's we're in a pandemic you can hire virtual staff you can hire staff that are working from home so you have there's there's literally no excuse anymore to just not represent everybody it's it, it you know what it is it's like uh that um what bank was it that they were saying that they don't find talent and i'm like really oh, right, yeah i think it was uh i i, I, I don't know remember. What you know about. what yeah, i'm talking yeah, see. like who does that? Like who has who has these people? Yeah. Like God, God is just like yeah. making anybody these days. Yeah. <laughs> For real. But you know what? Above all, like I always say this that like we need to stop complaining about what people are not doing and mobilize ourselves. Like exactly. I don't buy from certain brands just because if they're not inclusive, just because they don't have enough people that look like me, that's enough for me to not support yeah. them. In the middle of the BLM movement, a lot of um, apps that I use on my website were silent. They didn't say anything. Same thing for the Asian hate movement that's going on right now. Um, I unsubscribe. I stop working with them. Like very simple. You need to put your money where your mouth is as consumers as well. Like it's easy to complain, but you actually need to mobilize. And I always say this, you know, hit people where the, where, it, where it hurts and that's their pockets. The only thing these people care about is their money. So stop giving them your money and they'll start listening to you. That's as simple as that. That's why strikes happen. That's why unions are a thing in workplaces. It's so that people keep uh, corporations accountable. You will not keep them accountable if there's, if brands are making 200 year over year, they don't give a bleep if you're screaming to the heavens that they're not inclusive. But let that drop to 50% or even Mm -hmm. negative growth Oh, they'll hire 
a DEI team, they'll hire a manager <laughs> of inclusion. They'll they'll start these conferences. They'll 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 give money to the NAACP. You know, like they'll do all of that. Yeah. It's performative, but as long as you know they're giving us their money, like I don't care. <laughs> yeah. It, again, as I told you, everyone wants to show sensitivity, but no one is actually hiring black people or Hispanic exactly. people or you know whatever yeah. by uh, you know by yeah. black people. Um, above all else, there also needs to be an actual you know, solidarity between minorities. Like I know, yeah. you know, we're getting, this is getting really deep, but you know, there's some minorities that feel higher and more higher than other minorities. And it's like, bro, it doesn't work like that. We're we all are minorities to these other people. For real. It's, it's so true. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> I know. Right. Everyone yeah. thinks like it's, it, but you know what the problem is because I, I don't even know, like maybe this is, we should end <laughs> because we're going to stop yeah. doing this going to be no e-commerce, but just yeah. like one last thing that I want to say is that because the, how the systemic oppression wor works is to, to make some people feel higher than the others, but it's, it's coming from the same source yeah, so exactly. to create division into, yeah. uh, into society. So it, yeah. it positions some people higher yeah. while putting others lower. So it creates this, you know, fight against yeah. minorities. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're all fucked up. And yeah. that's the reality. Well, you know, like to tie back to, to e-commerce, at the end of the day, like you have to be included. If you want to get, if you, if you truly want to monetize and capitalize from people, why only try to target one like one group of people, one audience, you know, it's like, and it's the same thing with size, size inclusivity is so important. And it's so weird. And same thing with disability inclusivity. Like, it's, it's just so weird. Like if I go to a clothing store, you know, I'm like, I'm a medium, but if I go to a store and I'm shopping, and I notice that they only go to like large, I'm like, even I don't really want to shop there because I'm like, this is weird. You know, like, why are you only offering small, medium, large? Like, like small, medium, large is like a very small percentage of everybody else, you know? So um, at the end of the day, like you want to target multiple audiences and that means inclusivity and diversity, period. Yeah, absolutely. And I think again, to tie back to uh, to uh, Tri Beauty Box, I think it's, um, it's amazing the fact that you are carrying this mission and this, uh, this legacy because uh, they're not, that many people that do it, unfortunately, yeah, like this. And the the crazy, you know, and what's hurtful in a way, and it's mind blowing, is that the movement only comes from people of color. It doesn't come from people right. in power. You know what I mean? So right. I think I think it's really amazing the fact that you are helping, you know, people feel included because beauty is uh is intimate. It no is no matter it's what really shape or form yeah. it is. So if you are not going to make that, that the consumer feel safe, feel comfortable with you as a brand, they will not come back. And yeah. people really think about this thing. So uh, I want to ask you something about um, there's a, in the beauty industry, there's a, like two patterns of purchasing. It's like the mindful purchasing mm -hmm. takes into consideration everything that we have discussed about, but it's also yeah. the mindless one. So yeah. I'm assuming that you are focused on creating that mindful type of shopping with the consumers that you have, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And we do that. Like we've done that since the beginning. Like one of the first things that I, I always used to say when I first started is that I did not want to make this a monthly box because there's no reason anyone should be getting five new beauty products every month. Like, 
again, like back to my sensitivity to waste and just the earth being cleaner, there is no reason why you need five more products every month. Like it's, you know, I'm a capitalist, but also like I have a heart. So I'm kind of like dancing in the middle of, you know, get up get five new products every 60 days that'll get give you the chance to actually try these things like there's some there's some boxes out there that send boxes every month and i'll always see like customers saying oh my god like i have another box coming i haven't even gotten a chance to open what i got last month because we're busy people we're working long hours a day most people have kids most people have other things to do other than sit home all day and try new makeup you know so (laughs) That's yeah. always been my sensitivity from the beginning to to get customers who are mindful. And above the 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 cadence that we send our box um in, we are deep, deep, deep on education. Like we have uh for example, next month we have a product, a, a face mask that has that 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 has matcha in it. And we did a oh. whole campaign about the benefits of matcha, not only for your skin, but for your body. Cause I drink matcha when I don't drink coffee, which is every day. Um, but you know, it's it's so good for you. And we we focus on education and that gives our customers more things to think about. You know, we don't just want more value. Here's a shiny new thing, it's great for you, it's it it's anti-inflammatory. It, it 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 reduces your pores. It does like that's not what it's about. Like let's get into the granular things and the ingredients. And it's a shame that more brands aren't doing that. And it's almost like why not? Is there something you're hiding? You know, like we're I'm very very careful in the products that I choose and pick into the box, which means that I have more to talk about with each product. It has substance, you know. Um, but in everything across that across even our webinars like we don't just focus on, on on beauty products like we share things about like even investing you know like how women can get ahead i'm a big big investor i invest in so many companies and i want to make sure that every woman or man whenever they want to um chooses to 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 do better you know it's not yeah. beauty is i feel like beauty is is a, a surface level you know it makes us feel good but what is what makes you feel good inside? What makes you feel good inside is when you have a safe, secure house to live in. You have your your um, your emergency fund. You know, like I don't want customers to to purchase and like like sometimes we have customers email like this. This is a very clear example. We had a customer who emailed us and was like, "Hey, can um do you mind like saving me a box because my disability check is coming next week and I'll be able to purchase the box with that," and in one hand like some people would be like oh my god great like she she loves our brand so much she'll use her last to shop with us but me being who i am i'm like why would she do that like if i was on disability the last thing i would want to do is purchase things that i don't need i would just get my essentials you know so i just want to make sure that people aren't just mindlessly shopping um you know we want to capitalize we want to make a ton of money but we want to do it with people who actually have the funds to shop more and not people who are shopping with their last that's something i'm very very mindful of that's that's a great example and um i think a lot of people uh yeah i think i don't i I didn't hear i probably and i talked to a lot of brands i i never heard this one before yeah that's 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 super that's super cool for you to uh to say and i think people don't you know brands don't really think like a consumer or you know like in a way not all of them 
talking about the big ones, you know, because when you're a smaller brand and you, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and you know what's behind it and what's, you know, the ins and outs of a business, you sometimes you either forget where you come from or yeah. you just carry your uh, values and your, uh, you know, your principles are, you know, in your brand uh, value proposition. Yeah. So, uh, which which prompts me to ask you the question: What were some things that you really struggled with when you started Tribe, and you know, like what are some you know big struggles as a female entrepreneur that you encountered? Yeah. yeah so when I started, I had a lot of um, imposter syndrome. You know, I I really felt like I didn't mean I didn't I didn't I wasn't supposed to be here. I don't have the skills to be here and stuff like that. But you know, it's a it's a tough industry. It's extremely competitive. Um, the big competitors get millions of dollars in investment. Like I've got nothing like that. Um, but I think that above else, like what's really helped my growth is just people being able to see that this is something that's moving from the heart. You know, it's not something that just, you know, quick buck and you leave. If I need a quick buck, this is the last industry that I would work in. Like I would do other things, you know, I do drop shipping. I do like so yeah. many other things. But when people do see the passion for what you have in your business, it, it fuels them and it also fuels you. Um, another thing that I really, really struggled with is just connections. You know, like when I started the brand, like I was fresh out of university. Like I, I, I went to school for political science. Like I had no clue what was going on. So I had to consume large amounts of um, information really, really quick. Um, Thank God that I went to a school where I had like five essays to do every week. So I, I was <laughs> used to doing that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that um, a lot of the struggles that I had internally, I had to just ask myself, like, if I was a man, like, would I have these problems? And sometimes not, you know, like I have a couple of guy friends that are also in the e-commerce space and they just do whatever they want, like without even thinking about it, you know, they're like, Oh yeah, man, I'm going to try this. Um, <laughs> and I'd be like thinking things over and over and over again. And not, you know, not to make it a gender thing. It's definitely also more of like a psychological thing. You know, I've worked with therapists, I've worked with so many people who've helped me overcome some of these problems. Um, but it's really important to know that you belong where you want to belong. Like there's nothing like who's, who, who says you can't do what you want to do. You know, it's, it's, it's not possible. Like you can do anything you want. Like nobody can put a stop on you except for you. Um, uh, and, um, you know, when I was able to, to overcome that, I I've noticed so many new strives you know i've been able to talk to people more comfortably like when i started the business i think i was like 23 or something like that or 22 so talking to people who were like 37 like 40 45 i didn't know what what to say like i would read emails over and over again and also i was very very apologetic like i'd be like oh my god thank you so much like in my emails and stuff like that now i'm just like hey no 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 no, no. okay cool great let me know when you're when this is done and again, like I work with people that are older than me in terms of like, I pay people to do things within the business that are way older than me. So sometimes I'm a bit, um, a bit not, I'm a bit insecure about that. Like, oh, there's like, again, I came, I grew up in a very traditional home where you respect your elders and stuff like that. So I had a bit of that, but I'm like, I'm the boss. Like, I don't care what my age is. So I'm not going to apologize for your fuck up. I'm absolutely going to point it out and I'm going to expect you to, to fix it. Um, and also I say no all the time now. When I started, I was so scared of saying no. Um, now, and I and I, the thing is that now I say no and I don't give an explanation. I 
it's it's just no it just doesn't work it just doesn't work for a business before if i would like talk to to a a, a merchant or like an app that that's trying to work with us i'm an agency i would write a whole email about like why doesn't it's not a good fit and things like this now it's just like hey at this moment it's not a great, great fit you know we'll keep your contact in uh saved in case anything comes up and point blank that's it yeah I, you know i'm not going to apologize for not for things not working um, so those kinds of things are stuff that I focused, I, I, um, I had, I struggled with. And it's funny because a lot of these things were actually personal problems, personal yeah. problems. People don't realize how much personal development goes and ties directly into the projection of your brand. Um, there was a time where I was so engulfed, like in growing the brand and focusing that, that I stopped learning. And I would notice like, no matter what new shiny strategies I would try, the business wouldn't grow. And that's because I wasn't trying and taking time to learn, to be in tune with industry trends, new things going on in the industry because I was just working, working, working. So now yeah. like two times a week, I don't do any work. All I do is f I, I do webinars, I read, I catch up on what's going on in the industry. And I've noticed that one, my life is way easier. And two, the business has been growing, growing, growing because I actually have time to learn, you know? And also like not working 24 seven. I don't know who said, if you wanna, if you wanna, it's definitely a guy. If you wanna hard enough, like you sacrifice, like what well, you, hell no. Like if I have to sacrifice my health, my family, my yeah. friends, my myself for this business, I don't want it because the point of having a business is to um, is to elevate your life, you know, is to break through things and have an easier life, not to have a harder life. Like who wants that? I relate two thousand percent to what you said because I dealt with all those things. And yeah. uh, I just uh, I want to say something cool. So I'm reading this book right now. It's called uh, Dark Horse, and it's basically mm. about people that are moving outside standardization. Because standardization means you're gonna be put on a path, and you have to follow that path. Yeah. And this is the way you can achieve status and fulfillment. Yeah. But people that achieve fulfillment before from stuff like family, like love, like uh, you know belief in God or other stuff. And then the, the part that they have to achieve in life as a professional is just like the plus or the extra. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, it's if you ain't right within, how you can win, right? You, you cannot win if you're not right within. So I used to think that if I don't work 24-7 every day, I'm not worthy. Yeah. And um, I was like guilt tripping myself, you know, yeah. in, in I used to do that. Yeah, like I was like, damn, yeah. look at you sitting. And I'm like, I got kids, you know, I got a yeah. husband, I have a house. Exactly. Like I have other stuff to do, but yeah. here I am on this laptop trying to figure I'm out. probably not being productive. That's the weird part. It's like, it's You're not, yeah. I just sit on my computer and I'm like, what am I doing here? Go to the couch. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, I'm not, I've done all my work. It's like, what am I sitting here? But because sometimes, you know, like I'm an early riser. I usually start my day around 6.30. And yeah. honestly, like if I'm focusing from 6.30, like no distractions, I'm done work at like 12.31, except if I have meetings. So sometimes I sit and I'm like, and I talk to my friends. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? They're like, oh, yeah, just taking meetings. I'm like, they're like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, like, I don't know. 
So I start feeling guilty. So I get back on my desk and I'm not doing anything, but I just feel guilty that I'm done working. Um, and then I just do random stuff, but it's like, I truly am done everything I need to do. And the reason why I'm done everything I need to do is because I have a roadmap. And that's why it's important to have a roadmap. I have a roadmap of everything I'm gonna do in the week, everything I'm gonna do in the month, everything I'm gonna do in the quarter. And anything else is additional. But once I finish a project, you're done working. Like you don't have to work 24 seven. So sometimes I finish work at 1 p.m. I take a two hour walk. I run in the middle of the day. You know, I cook extensively. Like I do what I need to do. And like, I'm such a happier person. When I used to work 24 seven, I hate I hated my business. And like, this is something that a lot of founders don't talk about, but there are times where you hate your business. You hate your customers everything ticks you off, you start having panic attacks. And that's when you need to step back, you know, you need to be healthy. Um, so I like I always say now, like, I just want a soft life, you know, like, I, the whole reason of starting this taking a risk of not having a corporate job, not having like a, the, the standard and there's nothing wrong with corporate jobs. I always say this, there are yeah. people who are supposed to be entrepreneurs and there are people who are supposed to, like I would, my business wouldn't be running if my customer service staff wasn't so great. My business wouldn't be running if the person who does our marketing isn't so great. We need a mix of everything to work. And that's why I never shame and you should, no one should ever shame corporate jobs. Oh, and if it works for you, do it like you have a stable salary you have money coming at the end of the month if i don't hit my numbers i'm not getting no money it's it's like it's very simple you know so you know it's it's a whole world and <laughs> it's it's you know it is what it is no but it's true it's like uh it's no shame to work a nine to five it's no shame to work in corporate it's just that everyone no is built in a way yeah yeah exactly it's just like everyone is built as they are and everyone is working so hard but i guess like the main takeaway is here is to stop sometimes and take time for yourself yeah. and smell the roses and yeah. uh i said this in a podcast before i was like if you don't make time in your life and if you don't clean up your act in your life, you don't make space for other blessings to come. Because if yeah. you want blessings to come, where are they going to come if you don't yeah. have any space? If your mind is always, you know, cluttered. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing about e-commerce is that it's 24-7. Your website, yeah. you don't shut down your website. Like, it's when exactly. you're sleeping, there's, there's sales going on. So are you going to be a strategic person and put things in place for, for that to work without you? Or are you going to make sure that you have to make every decision? You know, it, it just you just have to choose what you want to do in life. And the whole point of e-commerce is to be able to make money when you sleep. That's what we all say. Even the stock market, the stock market closes. E-commerce doesn't close, you know? Yep. So why not be strategic and focus on making something, on on building something that's efficient versus something that needs you at every moment of the day? Yeah, of course, because if it needs you, it means it's not working good because right. you, you don't have to be there all the time. You need to learn to scale outside yourself. And that's actually the win of being an entrepreneur, the moment exactly. when you manage to scale outside yourself. So that's exactly. exactly. And do other things. Cause if you like, I'm already building my next company. Like I'm like, I'm my work here. I was, about to, I, I was about to ask <laughs> you, so we, we are uh, right now the last day of this quarter. And this is my, uh, 
almost last question for you how did you did in this first course quarter and what are your plans for the next uh, you know, yeah the so quarter? this quarter for me was a lot of cleaning up and this is i guess something that people don't do um i took like two months to just clean up stuff like that like i just had like apps for example on the website that just didn't do anything mm -hmm. our referral program was kind of wonky like it's not you know you'd find like one random coupon code in the back that's been inactive for like a month and you forgot about it especially when you're one person like you know one person leader team um so a lot of cleaning up a lot of um cleaning house um hire i hired someone to do social media two weeks ago um so she's been running that she's a champ at that and like i have way less things to do now which i love because i can <laughs> other things um yeah. so you know, i took three months to really focus on what are the things that i'm not good at uh what are the things that we need hired for that and now like i can do everything else i want to do that's good I, again see this is how you make space for blessings and what yeah. is the next business what what well, are you working doing? on a game which is so funny <laughs> why tell me tell me yeah what i'm working on a card game so when it's ready i'll send it to you um, oh my god yeah it's it's just something that i like i use all the time with my friends like jokes we tell each other all the time and like i'm building that into a big card game so i was actually up last night talking to manufacturers and stuff in china because you know like when you're starting you can't afford us made canada made um, Clearly, yeah. yeah but you know hopefully right now, in china anyway yeah it's so i hope um, you know to get it on amazon to get it in indigo to get it in bookstores and stuff like that um that's awesome you know how it goes you, you need to show me what game yeah is well it's you're you're gonna love it it's fun you have the personality for it it's so much fun and I obviously like, it, involves personality. it involves alcohol so it's even better <laughs> i i'm on live and i cannot deny or confirm nothing when it comes to alcohol but yes i mean <laughs> awesome well Thank you. We we uh we we reached the end. This was the most refreshing episode I did because oh, thank you. I needed this, so my it's like I did this for you, but for me, but for you, but for me. Oh, I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah, you know, I love having these conversations, and I think that you know it's great to talk about e-commerce. It's great to talk about business, but there's so many other things that matter come along with it. It's a whole ecosystem, and you know, and. Like for me, like I have some epic, like I, I'll listen to like a very technical business podcast. And then sometimes like I'll just listen to a fun podcast learning about like who a founder is, like what they do outside of their business, you know, and it's it's very refreshing. It gives a balance. Um, so I feel like this episode was like a good balance of both. Um, you know, businesses are human beings. Businesses have people. Um and they are who they are. And so you have to, you, people have to remember, especially customers, customers forget that businesses are run by human beings with emotions. Um, yeah. so. That's why I wanted to do this podcast because I was tired of the sausage fest that e-commerce is. I was uh, tired about this is how I call it. It's a it's a fucking sausage fest. Yeah, it's like it's my podcast, so yeah. I can say the effort. It's my podcast, so it's what it is. And um it's I was tired because I was trying to get on podcasts myself to promote our business and what we're doing. And, you know, like no one would want the Romanian woman that this, you know, was Romania. And uh, it's like I said, OK, cool. So I'm just going to do my own podcast. So what I did was I only I have like a few male, uh, you know, uh, guests that came. But my podcast is like 85 percent women. Yeah. OK. From all walks of life. Yeah, because yeah. I wanted to put women first, and yeah. you know, I put some shine 
on women because yeah. no one else is doing it. Yeah. So if I had to do it, I, that that's that's how it went. So I'm just uh, happy to. Uh, I mean, my my the the scope of my podcast is not to talk about tech or strategies or whatever. I just want to talk about the human being because you know, at the end of the day, we are so lost in the hustle that we yeah. forget that we're people. And yeah. you know, uh, I always use this quote from Gucci, it's good to have sauce, but it's very bad to get lost in the sauce. And a lot of yeah. us are getting lost in the sauce every oh, day. We are, we are. And, and you know, like, it's it's all about, you know, it's all about the hustle culture you said. It's for example, like I stopped, like I, I had like 2019, I stopped going to networking events. Like 2017 to 2018, I was a, I was a serial networker, like any, network event in Toronto like I would go there and it was just so stupid because like you would meet people and the first thing they ask you is like hey so what do you do like what do you mean like what do I do like you're looking at a human being are you going to give me a label and put me in a box depending on who I am or what you what I'm doing you know exactly and back then I had just started my business so I would talk about and I would just see like their energy level just drop like Mm -hmm. oh and then they start already like looking at like other people in the room to talk to and I'm like what the hell like you're talking to me like that's so disrespectful so I stopped going to networking events I I barely take like any like engagements and stuff like that it depends I'm very selective about that because you know some people be like hey you know we want to have you on our Instagram live Uh, for what like it's it's exhausting, you know, and people I know. people see other people as stepping stones. And I hate that. I hate that so much. So like when I'm even with my friends, like I always tell them, like, they're like, oh, how's the business going? I'm great. And I change topic because I want to be your friend. Like, I don't want to hang out and we're talking about my business. Like I do that all day. Let's talk about other things. Let's talk about ridiculous things. Um, yeah. You know, so even like when my friends like listen to my podcast and stuff like that, I feel so weird because I'm like, Ugh, like, you don't know me. Like, <laughs> you don't know me the serious. <laughs> in this like serious like suit you know you know me as like who I really am like I'm silly yeah. I'm fun um so you know people people have to you don't have to seem so serious all the time like I have a Twitter and like my Twitter is full of jokes like and people know that I have I'm a business follow you on Twitter right now hold up I deactivated yesterday but I will reactivate just to follow you back I'll, I'll okay, I added you. I added you on LinkedIn. Yes. Yeah, I have you on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, I'm sure you noticed. I don't post anything because I hate LinkedIn. You will, you will like my LinkedIn. I'm trolling massively on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm. Trust me, you will see my posts on LinkedIn. Yeah, you know. So people are like, oh my god, like you're retweeting this, like you know, like a, a kind of like a dark humor joke. They're like, oh, but you have a business and. So I cannot be a human being. Right my and. <laughs> In fact, my post today on uh, LinkedIn was, what are y'all fake caring about today? And you know where that comes from. (laughs) (laughs) And people were like commenting and commenting, my job, my clients. Yeah. People on LinkedIn are so, it's always the same, like, four, uh, like, um, sentences. I have the honor to, I have the privilege to, like. I'm humbled and blessed to announce. (laughs) I'm like, bro, like. I met a lot of cool people on LinkedIn. I mean, it's cool. It depends on who you're networking with. Mm Because I have a cool network. But also, you know, it's always going to be those people that are really virtual signaling themselves for the smallest shit that they do. People that they're bigging themselves up for the... About everything, you know, tooting their own horn. But you know what? Like, we need a mix of everything. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm big on like laughing at people and especially laughing at myself. So hopefully, you know, I hope people like that keep doing that because it makes my day like it's just so funny to me. 
if you don't laugh at yourself, I think you really have problems with you yeah. know self love. <laughs> because if you cannot like look at your own fuck ups and you know look beyond your fuck ups, that you, there's not no growth from there. Yeah. And this is what what really trips me is like I have the balls to like take myself you know not so seriously all the time, but that doesn't mean I'm not gonna you know be very good at my job and help yeah. you with your, with your story, whatever I do. So yeah. like. You know, I just uh, I like maybe like a year or so ago, given all that happened uh, yeah. in, uh, for us minorities in general, I just stopped. I stopped code switching. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't code switch. Yeah. I used to. I used to, and yeah. I was like, "Hey, how how are you all doing?" You know, and I don't yeah. even sound like that. Don't even you talk know, like that. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't sound like that. Yeah. So, and another thing is like people pronouncing your name properly. I used to allow like kind of let it go for people to like mispronounce my name, but now I don't. Like I don't do that anymore. Um, if I can pronounce John, you can pronounce my name, and I don't care. It's not even a hard <laughs> name. That's why I asked you because I have respect because I know how yeah. it is, and I always ask people yeah. if it's not like you know obvious. I got it because you know a lot of people would probably Americanize your name, but I don't yeah. want to Americanize your name. Or the people who would like try to say the name and then they just don't. They're like, ah, oh, okay, never mind. Let's move on. Like, no, that's what do you mean? Never mind. That's my name. My name, exactly. No, no, I don't. <laughs> like, I don't no, I'm not even gonna try. No, no, try. I'm gonna wait here until you get my name properly. Simple. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 what it is, and uh, I'm I'm lucky right now that my I have an American name that because my husband is American and people have issues. I don't have issues to you know to to say it, but it's it's what it is, man. It's it's life. I think, you know, it's just based on opportunity for everyone to be who they are. We just gotta yeah. make sure that you know we attract the people that help us grow and make us yeah. better instead of people that are always you know trying to steal the light. Yeah, and, I and that's why I call my company Tribe Beauty Box. This is a tribe. Or yep. people who are like us and who are like me you know it's and like some people it's like oh i don't want this cool that's not for you it's not and you're not you're not for me you're not for you cool <laughs> yeah and i think we should normalize this the, that yeah. not everyone is for everyone and anything is for everyone and that's it like we should just move on and you know it's what it is yeah but thank you this was really fun i needed yeah. this i yeah, feel this like was i have it, it, it was yeah, I know. Fun. I feel like we're friends as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank like you so much for having me. You're awesome. This podcast was brought to you by Vitex. Vitex is the first and only fully integrated e-commerce marketplace and OMS solution that offers fastest time to revenue and no upgrades ever. So go ahead, check them out. Vitex.com.